This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Well, happy Friday. It is a beautiful day here in Des Moines. It is finally not 9,000 degrees here in Des Moines as it has been for much of the last few days. My name is Mike Wicket. Thanks for hanging out. Coming up tonight here on ESPN Des Moines, don't forget... Well, it's because we're on the air. There is no afternoon Cubs game. Not that it was supposed to be, but we got Cubs baseball coming up this evening. They'll be uh, taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks out in the desert sometime around 8, 840. Kira, maybe I should have probably checked this before we got on the air. I do this to Kira every week. I make sure that Kira, who basically (laughs) runs this radio station. That I can still read. Yes, no, that that you are up to date on what's going on here. Uh, Tonight? Yeah, tonight. Uh, 8.05. Is the broadcast start? First pitch at 8.40. Pat and Ron will have game one for you tonight, game two tomorrow, and then, of course, on Sunday for the Baby Bears. So today is an amazing day. Yesterday was an amazing day. All right. Um, The NFL, as we know, is a year-long league. Doesn't matter. It is a year-long league. It doesn't just run from September until the Super Bowl the, the, what the NFL has done for something as, I don't want to say meaningless, because it's not meaningless. I absolutely adored what happened yesterday, and I love the conversations that come because of it. But the NFL has somehow turned every month into a month about the NFL. It doesn't matter what, what your, you know, what, what month it is. There is something NFL-related going on at all times. Case in point, yesterday, May 12th, they released the schedule. And what's so great about schedule release day, and I have plenty of thoughts, and here in the Des Moines area, there are the big five. We're going to run through the Packers, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Chiefs. We're not going to run through every schedule. That would just bore the hell out of you for driving around listening to us. I mean, I might do it with the Packers. But what they have done is create drama around a television broadcast that has no footballs, has no quarterbacks, has nobody hitting anybody for the last week and a half. You've been on social media. I've been on social media. And there have been leaks. A lot of talk about leaks these days, whether it's politics or it's sports. A lot of talk about leaking and leaking information, about leaking this game or leaking that game. A lot of leak talk going on. And it's no different with the National Football League than it is anything else. Because the last couple of days, it's like, ooh, we have a new leak. Chiefs, Bucks. Holy Lord, we got to talk about Chiefs and Buccaneers. You know who's leaking this stuff? It's not anybody outside of the National Football League. That's who's leaking this stuff. The leakers are people inside the office. And they're like, go give the people, like me, the nerds, here. Go drop this on Twitter. <laughs> and they just do. And then all of a sudden, we eat it all up. And then ESPN, Fox Sports, Yahoo, Sporting News, every football blog you read, pro football talk, your favorite team. Oh, Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Even cities and fan bases that don't care about Kansas City or Tampa Bay. Like, as a Packers fan, I don't care that much about Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes other than you know, they're both great players. I like watching them, but that game is going to be fun from a, like, put my feet up kind of, a, you know, per, uh, perspective. Or it's like, ooh, we just found out the Cowboys are playing the Eagles. Well, of course the Cowboys are playing the Eagles. They're in the same division. They play twice every year. But those leaks, man, they leak, they leak, they leak, and they build more drama. And then it's like the international games, the Christmas games, the Thanksgiving Day games, which you already already know two teams that are hosting Thanksgiving Day games. It's always Detroit and Dallas and then third game. And then they're like, you know what the NFL has decided to do? The NFL is like, hey, we might already own the entire fall and part of winter, but here's what else we're going to do. We're taking Christmas. Santa, you could have it in the morning. Sorry, NBA. We're taking Christmas away from you because it used to be that quadruple header of games that a lot of people watch on, on, on Christmas Day were NBA games. It was like 
always LeBron versus Steph and, and the Bucks because they're good now, Giannis, and, you know, you might get a Philly team against Luka or something like that. Like the teams we're watching play in the playoffs, they'll play East v. West somehow on Christmas Day. Well, the NFL is like, hmm, we need to make more money. We need to get more people watching us. The NFL's up there on, what is it in the Grinch? Mount Mount Nasty. Does it have a name? Does the mountain have a name? We watched I don't the, know. We still watch. My kids love the Grinch, and they're three, two, and two. And we're still watching the Grinch in, what is it, May 13th. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. We, watch, we don't, the things my kids watch the most are Halloween stuff, like Pink Fong Halloween. Don't. All don't, right. Don't. And then Christmas stuff. And watch a lot of Christmas stuff. And it's like, all right, whatever you want to watch. You know, the, the screen time that we do allow them to have, which is more than we probably should. But the NFL is, I, I don't want to say the NFL is the Grinch. Aren't they, though? <laughs> they're stealing I, Christmas. They, well, they're stealing Christmas from the NBA. And they're Who giving, will? but they're giving gifts to the rest of us because the NFL is king. As much as I like the NBA and as much as people are loving watching these playoffs, Kira. The NFL is still king. Uh, the NFL still, I think I mentioned this stat, like of the 100 most, uh, the highest rated broadcasts on broadcast TV. It's ABC, CBS, NBC, whatever. 75 were football games. Like this country loves football. It's not the NBA. It's not Major League Baseball's country. And Christmas, which used to be a thing for you watch, you do the family thing. Maybe you go to your four Christmases, you drive around, whatever. But the NBA was on in a lot of homes. It was on in my house. It was on in my dad's house. But now we have a triple header on Christmas. This The NFL just is taking over. And don't be surprised. You know, and luckily, is, is Christmas on a Sunday or a Saturday? What is Christmas this year? On a Monday? I don't even know. Doesn't matter. The NFL's like, we got this. We're just going to take Christmas. Santa, you get the morning, we get the afternoon, and the evening, there's a triple header on Christmas. Hell, there's a game on Christmas Eve this year. Uh, it's on a Sunday, if you're still is interested. A, is Christmas a Sunday? Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, Christmas is on a Sunday? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Christmas, boom, triple header. Christmas Eve, Las Vegas taking on Pittsburgh. Christmas Day, you get Denver at the Rams, Green Bay, Miami, Tampa Bay and Arizona. I mean, the NFL has built up not just a schedule release, because every league does schedule release. The Major League Baseball schedule release is maybe the dumbest broadcast out there. It's 162 games. Everybody pretty much plays everybody a whole bunch of times. It's like, when would you rather play the Yankees? Ah, who cares? It's opening day is really all that matters for Major League Baseball schedule release. Who are we playing? And you kind of know that at some point. NBA, the NBA schedule, everybody plays everybody. You just play everybody in East a little bit more than then you play the teams in the West or vice versa. The only thing that really matters on schedule release day for, for the NBA, opening night, Christmas, that's it. But when the NFL schedule gets released, when the NFL schedule gets released, get ready. Because that is what it is all about. It is all about the... Schedule coming out for all of these teams, all of these play. By the way, the NFL is playing a lot of games on that Saturday. So that's why I'm so confused when you said that Christmas was on a Sunday. There's a lot of, they're playing a lot of games on that Saturday. So that is why I was very confused when you said, well, it's on a Sunday. That's when the NFL plays most of their games, you dummy. No, (laughs) Uh, they're playing. (laughs) Most of the league is playing on that Saturday to give everybody else the day off. But the NFL is like, no, no, no. We're going to still schedule three games. I had a brain miscalculation there for a minute. I apologize. It's like, what? what is Kara talking about? There's a bunch of games on Christmas Eve, and then you get the games on Christmas Day, and the schedule comes out yesterday, and I'm going to go through the big five and what's intriguing. We're going to hear from some experts coming up as well. But we kick off the NFL season with an incredible matchup. I mean, you want to talk about a game that's going to just... They're not... You know, you, if, if you go to a pool... Are you a jump in or are you kind of a put your feet in kind of sit to the side, kind of go down a little bit more? Oh, that's a little cold on the belly. And you pop back up. Or do you just jump right in, Kara? Which, which one are you? 
Uh, option A. So you kind of like wiggle yeah. your way in, get a little bit of this, and they just kind of sit there on the side. Yeah. Maybe having a beverage. Maybe not even get in. Maybe you just don't ever actually get in. The NFL's like, cannonball, here we go. They're opening with Rams Bills, which if you if you were to tell me, Wicket, give me, uh, give me a bet for next year's Super Bowl. Rams Bills might be an easy pick. You got the defending champs. They brought almost everybody back. I know OBJ blew out his ACL. He's probably going to wind up back in, in L.A. Wouldn't surprise me at all. They got plenty of talent. Cam Akers coming back. I know they lost Sony Michelle. They added Bobby Wagner is over there now. Allen Robinson came over from the Chicago Bears. Like, the Rams are loaded. As long as Stafford and Aaron Donald stay healthy, you expect them. Cooper Cup, as long as you see those guys stay healthy, don't be surprised if the Rams win the NFC. And then the Bills. Everybody's picked this year to win the AFC. Sorry, Mahomes. Without Tyreek Hill, I think everybody pulled the Chiefs down a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, I think, I, I don't believe in the Chargers ever. You just can't. They charger themselves all the time. You know, I don't know if anybody's going to pick anybody out of the, the North to come out. I mean, Cincinnati did it, but how often does the team that loses the Super Bowl have success the following year? Ask the Atlanta Falcons about that. A couple of years ago, the 28-3 game, and they fell right off the map. I mean, maybe Cincinnati caught a little lightning in a bottle. They won some road games in the playoffs. Uh, do you trust Lamar Jackson to get out of the AFC? I think everybody's looking at Buffalo saying they finally did it. This is it. They had some, the big piece on defense. They've got all the talent in the world on the offense in Josh Allen. So your your opening night game could be the last game played. The first game played could be the finale in the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bills, and I am here for it. Rams, by the way, toughest schedule in the NFL, which is probably the way it should be because they're the defending champions. And for the very first time ever, there are 10 home dogs week one. Lions can change. I understand that. But there are 10 home dogs in week number one, which has never happened in the history of the National Football League. I don't know if the league knew that. I don't know if that's just the way that it turned out. But the NFL has got 10 home underdogs for the first time ever. And that week one slate is great. Tampa Bay at Dallas on Sunday night. Who doesn't? You can't tell me you're an NFL fan. And no matter who you're a fan of, if you're a fan of the Houston Texans or the New York Giants or the Miami Dolphins or whoever, you've got one eye on what's going on in Tampa Bay. And then you also have the mothership at ESPN blasting Dallas down your face. Like, no matter what happens with Dak Prescott, those, those them boys, they're always going to be in the crosshairs of ESPN. Shut, and this network, we carry a lot of ESPN radio here on ESPN Des Moines, shoving it down your face about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy. All the stories. Zeke Elliott, is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Is he lost? Is he... But when you get Tampa Bay and Dallas, you get the Buccaneers that everybody's keeping an eye on because Brady's offseason has been real interesting. I'm going to talk more about Brady in the booth coming up later on. What a joke that is. Then you get Kansas City and Arizona. Kyler Murray and his drama deleting his Instagram. Kansas City without Tyreek Hill. They add Juju and MVS. How's it going to look real early? Probably not as crisp as it will coming up by the time we get to like Halloween. Packers are at Minnesota. More on both of these teams coming up, but damn, that's going to be great. Niners and Bears is a boring-ass matchup, but we get it. <laughs> we get it. Again, these are the big five here in Des Moines. And then the Monday night matchup on in week one, it's the Russell Wilson game. Denver, where Russ currently plays, going back to Seattle, where he's played his entire career up until this season. It's also our first chance to hear from Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday night football. And I've already voiced my displeasure with the fact that they're paying Troy Aikman so damn much to be on that broadcast. But I digress. Coming up, you are going to hear from people who cover the Bears, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Vikings, and, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs because the schedule is out. Yes, baseball season's in full swing. Yes, the NBA playoffs are going on. I'll talk about tonight's Bucks game uh, because they can close out the Seas tonight in Milwaukee. I'll get to that later on in the show as well. But it's the day after the National Football League schedule gets released. 
And that is what's got me fired up. More next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. And we're back just like that. Fantastic. Great job, Kira, managing the clock. It's Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. I'm Mike Wicket. Uh, coming up tonight, don't forget Cubs baseball right here on ESPN Des Moines. Cubs and Snakes. Uh, they'll play three in the desert tonight and then back at it a week from now uh, on the north side. The Snakes invade Chicago. Here, Pat and Ron call every game right here on ESPN Des Moines. NFL schedule is out. I will get to Tom Brady in the booth and the news of uh, Dan Lebitard summed it up. We'll hear from him coming up in just a bit. I really like what he had to say about Tom Brady getting $350 million over 10 years to get inside a booth. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. But uh, I want to get this first of the big five out of the way because I'm going to go through some things on the Bears, Vikings, Packers, Cowboys, and Chiefs schedules those are the big five here in Des Moines. Let's get the Bears out of the way because they're the least exciting team of the big five, and that says a lot about the Vikings. But the Bears schedule opens this way. San Francisco and then at Green Bay, home against Houston, at New York, and at Minnesota. Let's hear from NBC Sports Chicago's Josh Schrock. I'm thinking the first five games are really important. The 49ers, super talented. 10 minutes away from the Super Bowl last year, going to start Trey Lance, new quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo probably still going to be on the sidelines. Debo Samuel's unhappy. Drama, lots of drama. Trey Lance won't have full grasp of the playbook. So week one, the Bears could maybe nip them. Packers, loss. But then you get Texans, Giants. Those are winnable games. Maybe they lose the Vikings. So I think that early season is really important for them to get off to at least a stable stretch. I had a buddy of mine who is a Bears fan, and he was listening to the conversation that we were having last week when we started the show, talking about the direction that the Bears seemingly are going in not to help their quarterback in Justin Fields. And he walked up to me and said, Wicket, you're spot on about the Bears. I do not understand what they're doing. And he is a diehard Bears fan, been a Bears fan his entire life. And I was like, well, you know, I I, 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 I might be wrong. I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> I am often wrong. But I don't think I'm wrong when it comes to Chicago. And I don't know if I have to assume Trey Lance is going to get the the starting job in San Francisco. He waited on the bench all year all year last year after getting drafted early. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the future. Trey Lance is the future, or at least is supposed to be the future. Is he going to have a full grasp of the offense? I have no idea. I mean, we barely saw Trey Lance at all, other than a couple of gimmick plays and running plays and you know misdirection plays last year. Can he throw? even in Shanahan's offense where they have a lot of guys carrying the football and who has any idea what uh, Debo Samuel is going to be next year, where he's going to be next year. I, no one knows anything about Debo Samuel. That's weirdly quiet right now. So I don't, even despite Trey Lance's inexperience and kind of the cloud of mystery hanging over Trey Lance right now in San Francisco, I don't sympathize or I don't uh, echo what Josh Schrock had to say right there that, Maybe they can nip them. I mean, maybe they can. It's the NFL. It's week one. It's basically a, a fourth preseason game because they only play three now. If you don't remember, there's three preseason games, and it's not. And usually these guys don't play in a lot of these games. I mean, Justin Fields probably will and should. All of these guys need to get some minutes. All of these guys need to get some minutes. Then they go to Green Bay. That's going to be a loss. I don't care how raw or inexperienced or how ugly the Packers wide receiver room is. Green Bay could beat the Bears by not even throwing the football. Uh, then they host Houston. That is that is a very, very winnable game for the Chicago Bears, which why, which is why right now it screams upset to me. It's the Lovey Smith game. Lovey goes back to Chicago. Davis Mills is, you know, showing a little bit of promise and is, you know, coming out of his first year as the quarterback there. They're, they're going to go with that guy. The Deshaun Watson mess is behind them. I, I don't think... Houston is a winnable, a real winnable game for Chicago. I mean, they can win. They're at home. It'll be at Soldier Field. But it wouldn't shock me at all if Houston got that game. I mean, Houston's not very good. But then again, neither are the Bears. And then they go to New York. I, I mean, what an ugly game. That game's going to be 9-5. What a terrible football game that's going to be. Uh, they go play the Giants. I mean, it's a big year for Daniel Jones. 
And Brian Dayball, the new head coach of the, uh, the the Giants, who came over as the head coach from the Buffalo Bills, he was their offensive coordinator. I mean, he, I, for, for Giants fans' sake, and I am in no way a Giants fan, they better gel quick or it's going to turn into a real long season for New York. And then week five, they're at Minnesota. And I think by that point, Minnesota is going to be a good team. They're going to be a real good team, I think. Because now they finally have an offensive-minded coach. You know, it always kind of depends on which Kirk Cousins you're going to get. I mean, Kirk throws for all kinds of yards and all kinds of touchdowns. And Kirk is able to rack up all the stats that make him look like a quarterback worth the $90 million they're paying him. But they don't get wins. The Vikings don't get wins. And a lot of that hinges on the health of Dalvin Cook. A healthy Dalvin Cook, I think puts Minnesota in that conversation of top six, eight, definitely a playoff team. When Dalvin Cook's not healthy and Alex Madison has to play, and by the way, he's a good backup. There's just something different. There's just, Madison's a good, Madison's a starting quality running back in the NFL. It's like Mike Davis. You might remember Mike Davis from his time in Chicago and Carolina, and I don't know. I know he just signed somewhere, but I don't remember where. Was it Atlanta last year, I think? But, like, that's who Alex Madison is. He's serviceable. He's fine. He's a cheap fantasy pickup for you. He's a good handcuff, especially against an inferior opponent like New York or Houston or whatever. So I don't necessarily – I mean, I could see easily the Bears starting out 0-5. Niners, I mean, that's at Soldier Field, but neither team's going to be real good. At Green Bay, Houston, that's a snake bite game. Giants and Minnesota. On to the Green Bay Packers. I will actually spend more time on Green Bay than anybody. I'll do that backing up after we run through the Big Five. Uh, ESPN's Booger McFarland was asked about a very interesting stat about Green Bay. The Packers are one of 13 teams to have five games in prime time this season. Hey, think about this. Somebody keep in mind. Green Bay is going to have 13 fewer days of rest compared to their opponents. That's the worst net rest differential over their opponents in 2022. Those kinds of things can add up, especially when your quarterback is not exactly a spring chicken, (laughs) although he's extremely good. Now, after looking at the Packers' schedule, Booger McFarland, I got to ask you, will the Packers make the Super Bowl? First of all, what the hell is net rest different? I've never heard that stat in my life. I was waiting for it. There's nothing wrong with rest. Rest is a good thing, right? (laughs) Man, we are going way too far if we're analyzing net That's something I don't even know what that is. Uh, As far as the Packers are concerned, listen, man, you guys are right. Aaron Rodgers is making a lot of money. And the expectations are really simple, is that he's going to have to do what Tom Brady did in New England for a long time, is that regardless of the weapons that are around him, he's going to have to make those weapons better. I don't want to hear about, well, this receiver is not ready, that receiver, I get it, Christian Watson is going to be a rookie, but at some point when you're making that much money and you're deemed to be at the very worst the second best quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes, you have to make the weapons on your team better. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. No doubt. There's always pressure on Aaron Rodgers. There's always pressure on every quarterback in the National Football League. I don't care if you're a fan of the Seahawks or the Arizona Cardinals or the Dallas Cowboys. There's always pressure on your quarterback. It's the most pressure-filled position in all of sports. Uh, So Booger not exactly breaking it down there, telling me there's a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I will say that net rest differential. That's going to be a real fun stat that people are looking at these days. That is the amount of days off the Packers don't have versus do have coming off these primetime games. They have five primetime games, including one they're playing over in London. They're on Monday Night Football a lot. They're on Sunday Night Football a lot. They're on Thursday Night Football a lot. And they literally, this is how analytically driven a lot of this stuff is. It's literally like, when do they get the same amount of days off between games as another team? I think Dallas has a plus 13. They get 13 more days than the average of anybody in the National Football League from these games. Or Green Bay gets 13 days less over the course of 18 weeks. It is, I'm not analytics guy. Some analytics make sense to me. Some analytics have a lot more meaning than others. But I, I, th- that one kind of blows my mind. So I kind of agree with Booger just stopping the interview and being like, the hell are we talking about rest net differential what in the world is that meanwhile green bay by the way opens up at minnesota 
a winnable game. But again, I think Minnesota is going to be improved this year uh, at Minnesota, home against Chicago. Then they go to Tampa. Tell me you're not excited to watch Green Bay and Tampa Bay. If you're a football fan, Rodgers v. Brady. Last time this happened in Tampa, by the way, uh, Brady beat the pants off of him. This was a game that was over within the first, I don't know, 14 minutes of football. By halftime, it was a blowout. And the Packers' backups and the Buccaneers' backups were playing uh, into the late into the third quarter, into the fourth. Then Green Bay hosts New England. They go from Tampa back home to uh, New England. I don't know what to expect out of New England this year. I really don't. I mean, it's Belichick, but going to Lambeau Field, Mac Jones year two against a very improved defense for Green Bay. That, to me, is a win. Then they host the first of the two New York teams, the Giants. Uh, they don't host, excuse me. That game is being played in London, I believe. So I think Green Bay's 3-2 and two at worst, or at worst 5-0 and oh to start the year. That's a definite possibility. On to the Kansas City Chiefs who are up next, and Kansas City and their offseason has been very interesting. Of course, Tyreek Hill, the big storyline in this in this season. Also, Tyron Matthew, not on this team anymore, now playing for the New Orleans Saints. Hill is in Miami. What about the start to the year? Arizona, L.A., that is a Sunday, Thursday. That could be like that little mini-buy going on. Here's Craig Stout from the Kansas City Sports Network on the Chiefs' early schedule. With such a young team here, you're going to turn around, you're going to play week one against the Cardinals, and then you have to turn around, you know, a couple of days later, go, you know, and play the Chargers. Come home, play the Chargers. Then you're going to get that mini buy early in the week. You're going to get to kind of reassess after week two with that primetime game. I absolutely love that for this young squad. Whole bunch of teachable moments going to come out of those first two weeks. And I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, potential growth between weeks two and week three, just because they're going to have those 10 days to kind of relax and, and get everybody back on the same page. So from primetime perspective, I love having that Thursday game that early. It's Craig Stout from the Kansas City Sports Network. Uh, I actually agree with Craig a lot. And I wish my Packers had a Sunday Thursday because if you remember last year when Green Bay opened up against New Orleans, remember how bad Green Bay looked and how good New Orleans looked? And pick your favorite team, whoever it is. They may struggle in week one. Kansas City could look terrible against Arizona in week one and then come back and play well against uh, the Raider, the, the Chargers excuse me, in week two. It'll be a short week. I have always said, no matter what happens with your football team, especially if they look bad, unprepared, not on the same page. If they look terrible, give them three weeks. Give them four weeks. If you have a new coordinator on offense or on defense, you have to give that coordinator till Halloween to figure. And that's eight weeks, nine weeks into the season to figure out, are is anything changing? Because a couple of years ago, remember the Kansas City Chiefs were working with a new defensive coordinator, in their current coordinator, Steve Spagnola, he came in from the Giants. Andy Reid hired him uh, to replace the aging, mm, can't think of the Chiefs' defense, former defensive coordinator's name, Bob, uh, I'll figure it out. So they replace the old-timer. They bring in Spagnola, and statistically, the defense for Kansas City was worse that first month than the year before when they were bottom third of the NFL. But you know what happened? Happens every year. New coordinator, new scheme, more reps, more swings, more time on the field, more plays, more series, more practice. And then you figure out by Halloween, you know what? Maybe that coordinator was a good hire. Maybe it was a smart move. And you know what happened that year with the Kansas City Chiefs? They won the Super Bowl. Now, a lot of that's on Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes was still having his crazy good year the year before, and the defense was absolutely terrible. But you replace him with Spagdola, give him time. Packers did it with Joe Barry, replacing Mike Pettin. It happens all the time. You replace players on the Kansas City staff this year. That roster looks a little bit different. Tyreek Hill, gone in. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, gone. Byron Pringle, in. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You get new guys in there. It may take them a little while to get on the same page as Patrick Mahomes. Hell, it will. There's no way Juju comes in. Or Valdez Scantling comes in and is on the same page with Mahomes like Tyreek Hill was. 
It's going to take weeks. And that's why, you know, the first game, no matter what happens, your team's not going to the Super Bowl and your team's not 0-16 based solely on what happens in week one, especially if your starters didn't play a snap in the preseason. But it is kind of great for, for Kansas City, who opens up at Arizona, quick turnaround for the Thursday night game with the Chargers, to then have 10 days. Like, that's a kind of a nice luxury to have, that mini buy. Then they go to Indy, then they go to Tampa. See, that's the fact that it's Mahomes and Brady. Mahomes and Brady, Sunday night, October 2nd, week four. Sunday night football, week four. The, the, the Buccaneers should start to have figured their offense back out once again. By week four, Mahomes and MVS and Juju and, and Travis Kelsey should start to figure out the offense again under Andy Reid. That, that's a great time. If that game was week one, I wouldn't be as excited. But it's week four. And then they take on the Raiders, who have added Devontae Adams. And, and listen, for as sad as I was to see Devontae leave Green Bay, you have to look at the Raiders and say, man, all right. They got Renfro. They got Waller. You know, Carr's a very good quarterback. Now you got Devontae Adams. They should be able to move the football. They should be able to score points. That might wind up being a track meet between Kansas City and Vegas in Week 5. You can see 5-0 and for, for KC. I can see 3-2. and I'm, I could see 2-3 and out of Kansas City to start the year. That is not an easy schedule. At Arizona, playoff team. Should be a playoff team. Chargers should be a playoff team. At Indy. Should be a playoff team. Should have been a playoff team, but Carson Wentz sucks. At Tampa, playoff team with Brady. And then Vegas should be a playoff team. That's a really tough first five games for Kansas City. I can see them going two and three, getting hot in October, and then winning like six games in a row. You can easily see. You can always see Kansas City doing that with Patrick Mahomes. A couple more to get to, including the Vikings, the Cowboys, more on the Green Bay Packers. Got to talk about Tom Brady's ridiculous payroll or payday, I should say. And Kira, are we going to have it? Are we going to have the hockey minute? I think we're going to have we're gonna the have hockey minute. We're going to have the hockey minute. All right, we're going to have a Stanley Cup playoff recap. Kira's going to tell me what's going on with hockey because I haven't done any of the hockey this year. We'll get to all that coming up. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Happy NFL schedule release day week. It happened last night. It's not Eve anymore. Thank God. It gets us one day closer to the National Football League. I know baseball in full swing. Cubs fans, don't forget coming up tonight. Cubs and snakes out in the desert. It'll be Chicago and Arizona going at it, and uh, we'll have all three games. 8.05 for the pregame, 8.40 for the first pitch right here on ESPN Des Moines, your home for Cubs baseball. All right, so I've gone through a couple of the schedules of the Big Five here in the Des Moines area. Done the Chiefs, done the Bears, done the Packers. On to the Cowboys. How about them boys? How about them Cowboys? I love seeing all the memes of the Dem boys after a Cowboys loss all over social media. It's fantastic because... There aren't too many teams that most of America enjoys watching lose more than the Dallas Cowboys. Also, the team with the easiest schedule in the National Football League this year is the Dallas Cowboys. And what's what's hilarious is uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington Commanders, and the New York Giants have the four easiest schedules in the National Football League this year. Why? Because they all play each other. They all are terrible. <laughs> all right? And I know Dallas had a great record last year. And if you want to win-loss the Dallas Cowboys schedule right now, it's tough not to come away with 13, 14, 15 wins. It really is difficult. I mean, there's a stretch where they play at home against Houston. Check this. There's a stretch late after Thanksgiving. At home against New York, at home against the Colts, not the easiest, but still. At home against the Texans, at home against Jacksonville, and at home against Philadelphia. Who cakewalked the Dallas Cowboys into the playoffs with that schedule? What in the hell, man? The teams in that division are such garbage. 
I don't know. Philadelphia just made the big trade for A.J. Brown. Prove it, Jalen Hurts. Get the job done. Indianapolis acquired Matt Ryan. Prove it, Matt Ryan. Make me believe the last couple of years have been the rest of the roster's fault in Atlanta. Meanwhile, Dallas opens with Tampa Bay. And didn't they open with Tampa Bay last year on Thursday night, if memory serves? I think they did. They're going to open up on Sunday night this year. This one's going to be in Big D. It'll be Dak Prescott versus Tom Brady. And then they get the Super Bowl runner-up. They get Cincinnati the following week. Boy, Dallas gets their first two games at home, that cakewalk schedule from November into December, and they play garbage. What a ter- what a weak-ass schedule the Dallas Cowboys get. Here's RG3, Robert Griffin III from ESPN, talking about some of those matchups. For me, it comes down to the last two Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Los Angeles Rams. The, the Cowboys last year showed playing against the Bucks that they could hang, but this year they don't need to just show that. They need to show that they can go out and be dominant. Show that, you know, being at home and home field advantage in the playoffs is going to mean something, and, and who better to do that against than Tom Brady and the Bucks coming to Jerry's world? And when I look at the Rams game, that one is very simple to me. In order to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. And the best way to do that is on the road and show that your team has championship DNA, that you're willing to just go get the job done wherever, at home, on the road, in the parking lot, or on the streets. Now, that isn't something that we've always been accustomed to associating the Cowboys with, but if they win that game on the road against the Rams, they can yep. show that they have that championship DNA, and it'll be big for them for the season. Kira, here's your promo. I'm already sick of the hype about the Dallas Cowboys. Because even if they lose that game against Tampa, and they may very well win that opener against Tampa, or split between the Bucks and the Cincinnati Bengals, then it's a bunch of crap games. And ESPN will be shoving it down your throat how this is the year. I am already sick of hearing how good Dallas is with the weakest schedule in the National Football League racking up wins. I am sick of it already. I do not want to hear it. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Because they're good. Dallas is good. They're not great. They're good. You know, Dak's real good. I don't know if you can call Dak Prescott great, but he's good. He's real good. When Zeke Elliott's right, He's one of the best running backs in football, but he's not always right, so he's good. They got rid of Amari Cooper. They got uh, CeeDee Lamb. They got some other pieces. You know, they got the the rookie, the defensive rookie of the year. And they're good. But in that division, good gets you 14 wins. And I'm so sick of hearing how ESPN is going to tell us how good Dallas is. Dallas is going to lose to the Rams in L.A. Dallas is going to lose to either Tampa or Cincy the first two weeks, and maybe both. Dallas is going to lose when Mike McCarthy goes back to Green Bay to play against the Packers in Week 10. There'll be three losses on there. There's three losses for you right there. All right? And there'll be another game in there they probably lose. They shouldn't. And you know Stephen A. Smith will go crazy about the Dallas Cowboys. But Dallas is going to be like 14-3. and three, And their three losses will be against three of the best teams that they play. In Green Bay, L.A., and Tampa. And everybody else, they're going to pound. And you'll be like, wow, they're point differential. Yeah, they, they play Philly twice. They play Washington twice. They play Daniel Jones like six times this year. Just, I'm already sick of it. Here, that's how mad I am already. I'm fired up. And that brings us to the last team of the Big Five here in the Des Moines area that fans root for, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think the Vikings will be better this year. I think the new head coach they've got, he's an offensive-minded dude, came over from the L.A. Rams. You know, the Rams with under... Uh, their head coach, they like to move the football around to different guys. It's not going to be just so boring and ugly, I think. I think you're going to see more exotic stuff. Again, I don't think the Vikings you're going to see in week one when they play Green Bay is going to be the Vikings team that you see coming up in week four, week five, week six, or when their bye hits in week seven. It's a great spot, by the way, for the Vikings bye week. They can regroup. That's a great spot for them. But when Ron Johnson, who played football at Minnesota, the Goofers, Goes on Vikings.com and has this to say. I got to laugh at some of it. Game one. It's the Packers. (laughs) I mean, we've talked about Devontae Adams being gone. Everybody is now picking the Vikings. You know, they think they're the favorites, odds on favorites. I mean, they're even 18 to 1 right now to win the NFC. And so when you look at what's slated with Aaron Rodgers, uh, and now you have Kirk Cousins with a potent offensive coordinator, uh, offensive-minded head coach, 
I mean, a new defense in the 3-4 defense. So both teams going to be out there displaying this 3-4 defense. You got coaches on the defensive side for the Vikings that know the Packers well. Mike Pettin, those guys have been there, so they know how to rattle Aaron Rodgers. They can give the offense, or sorry, they can give the defense the tips, but they also can tell the offense, hey, this is what their 3-4 is going to do. This is what's trying to confuse you. This is where you need to go with the ball. So I just think it's it's a recipe for a great way to kick the season off, to show this new look, new look offense. There's going to be two high-flying teams out there trying to throw the ball down the field and two pretty similar-looking defenses now with both being in the 3-4. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, I, the NFL did that for a reason. We know exactly why they yeah. did it. Um, yes. <laughs> and you're going to catch the Packers before I think they jail. Um, I think the key when when early football starts, it's always the offense that kind of gets the early edge. Mm -hmm. Defense start to figure teams out as the season goes, and that's even in training camp. The offense always starts out hot. The defense looks like hot garbage, and then as the season gets closer, the defense is ready to go. So I think that's what I'm looking most for. <laughs> Ron Johnson's played more football than I ever have in my entire life. All right, I will give him credit, but he is incredibly wrong with so much that he had to say. Offenses are never ahead of defenses coming out of camp. Defense is just base for the most part with some exotic blitzes going up against offenses that need to gel. Do you know who already knows how to play well together right now? Green Bay's defense. You have a new head coach coming in, a new offensive coordinator coming in. You think that the Packers defense and Aaron Rodgers with everybody but Devontae Adams coming back Needs time to gel, whereas the Vikings are basically getting a facelift on offense. And Ron Johnson says that they can get the Packers before they gel. Aaron Rodgers has gelled with, with Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers gels with Bob Tunyon. Aaron Rodgers and his offensive line and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is a new, a new, a new look. Christian Watson's a rookie. Sure, I'll give you that. Rodgers is a Lazard guy. Lazard wouldn't be on this roster if Aaron Rodgers wasn't a Lazard guy. And defenses always come out of camp ahead of offenses. It's because they're not learning a whole lot of new stuff, especially in year two under Joe Barry with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. I know uh, Zedaria Smith's on the other sideline of that opener, but Rod Johnson couldn't be more backwards than what, he's had, what he had to say right there. Could not be more backwards with his assessment of week one. I think the Vikings have a better chance to get Green Bay week 17 than they do in week one in based on scheme and who's going to be ready and gelled. That's, it's poppycock is what it is, Kira. It is poppycock. I do expect the Vikings to be better once they get rolling. 18 to win. 18 to one is not bad. If you can put a couple of shekels down on 18 to one, they open with Green Bay at Philly, then they get Detroit and New Orleans, and then the Bears. That's four and one. Four and one, three and two. I mean, I don't want to tell you I'm rooting for Minnesota, but I could see Minnesota starting out pretty, pretty fine. Their schedule gets a little murky in the middle. They get Buffalo, they get Dallas, they get New or uh, New England. And at the end, they got, of course, to go to Chicago and go to Green Bay. And we know Minnesota Vikings, we know they're soft. They don't like playing in cold weather. Dome teams. That's not. That's not a thing. I mean, I you can see 12 wins. I can see 12 wins. I mean, they're going to get the 12 wins. You know, that all depends on Kirk Cousins, Dalvin's health, new head coach, how big of an impact can Zadarius Smith make, can he stay healthy, all that kind of stuff. So there's the big five. Coming up, Tom Brady gets a ridiculous payday for I don't know why other than his name. And Kira has the hockey minute. We got that for you next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket. Follow me at and hello if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. Coming up, the debut of Kira's Hockey Minute. Kira, are you ready for this? Kira's a resident <laughs> St. Louis Blues fan, all right? And, she, and, and keeps asking me about hockey. And if I ever get ill, Kira's just going to do the hockey show if I'm ever not here to do the show on a Friday. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have a Friday coming up where I'm not going to be here. 
Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that means I've got to do research. Yeah, and... yeah, 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 you do. Oh man. Not everybody, you just can't bet. You just don't get on the mic and start babbling like I have, you know. Uh... <laughs> this took tons of preparation for me. We'll get to that coming up. First, um, I have voiced my what? When it comes to TV people getting these mega contracts, like Tony Romo set the bar. But Tony Romo, to me, is worth the money that CBS is paying him. I enjoy Tony Romo because Tony gets fired up. Tony has that fight. You haven't noticed I get fired up when I talk about football on the radio. And I like when Tony Romo gets fired up. Here we go, Jim. And he starts talking to Jim Nance. And he said, I don't know what they're going to do. And like, you could picture Tony Romo in the booth holding a football, right? Can't you just picture, or like grabbing his hair, and just his, his hair's on fire, and he's making like $17 million a year. And then ESPN, and I, I think Tony's completely overpaid, but whatever. And then ESPN decided they were going to pay Joe Buck $15 million a year to come from Fox, and then Troy Aikman was going to go as well. They're going to pay Troy Aikman $19 million, and Troy Aikman is going to be making more money this year in the booth than 97% of the players on the field which is insane because, A, nobody's worth that much, and, B, Troy Aikman's not that good. The only thing Troy Aikman's good for is telling you when he doesn't like something. His analysis is boring. To me, he's milk toast. Uh, he looks good on TV, I guess. He got all those rings with the Dallas Cowboys, but I don't think Tony, uh, Tony excuse me, I don't think Troy Aikman brings anything to the table. We're talking about the, the lead analyst for these, these broadcasts. You know, Romo, to me, is great. Akeem Talib's really good. Keep an eye on that, dude. Greg Olson, I'm not 100% sure if I love or not. But Troy Aikman's way down on the list for me. I think they're completely overpaying. But then the news this week comes out of the uh, the shareholders meeting that Fox is going to pay Tom Brady 10 years and allegedly, reportedly, $350-plus million to join up with Kevin Burkhart Whenever his season is over, whenever his career is over, he might play two more years. I doubt it. This just really feels like it's Brady's last year. <laughs> Everybody said that last I, time, I know. too. <laughs> I, well, last, last year was kind of like, well, it should be, but he mm. said he wants to play till he's 45. He turns 45 this summer or this fall or whatever. They're giving Tom Brady all that money, and I have no idea why. And Dan Levitard, who used to be on, on this radio station, he does his, his show on a podcast now, and he's got millions of people who listen to it or watch it or download it or whatever. And he had something real interesting to say that I totally agree with about Tom Brady getting this money for this job. What he's doing is the same thing he did for 23 years playing when he didn't make this money. It's conquering. He wants to conquer. He's going to want to conquer the next 20 years. He's going to do it with a part-time job that he's still got. I want the audience to understand how absurd it is for anyone to get $375 million for something that no one has any proof. Tom Brady's not fun or interesting in front of a microphone, Stugatz. They just gave $375 million to somebody who's never said anything interesting. He's exactly right. Tom Brady is a cliche machine. The only time Tom Brady ever said, the only other than when you watch him play, all right, Brady's most entertaining moment of the last 23 years off the football field was when he was drunk, leaving the Tampa Bay Super Bowl boat parade. And two guys or one dude had to walk him out and he had a grin like he had 60 tequila shots. That's the only time when he looked like a real human. I mean, Brady is not exciting and maybe he's going to be great. And I'm Maybe I'm wrong about this. Brady's not exciting. He doesn't say anything insightful. You know, Peyton Manning, when you watch the Manning cast, it's details. It's this. It's he and Eli talking about this guy up here. I love watching the Manning cast because, you know, sometimes that Monday Night Football game sucks. And aside from the sometimes entertaining guests that they have, man, the Manning boys are really entertaining. I don't expect that out of Tom Brady. And maybe I'm going to be wrong. Maybe I'll be 100% wrong, and Brady will be lightning in a bottle, and it'll be entertaining as hell, but I don't understand paying a guy that much money to do this job that you are not 100% sure can do the job. But he's Tom Brady. He's seven Super Bowls. I mean, you're going to hear this a lot. Welcome to New York. I'm Kevin Burkhardt, along with seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. You're going to – because that's who he is. 
He's the GOAT. He's got seven Super Bowls. No, but that's insane. He might have eight by the time he takes the booth next year. I, I just, I, it blows my mind. But somewhere Fox had to calculate that along with his booth responsibilities, he's going to be doing a lot of VIP stuff, a lot of handshaking, a lot of glad handing, a lot of appearances. All that's built into his deal, right? He's going to be the face of the Fox booth for a decade. That somehow the amount of money they're spending on him will get balanced out by the amount of advertising dollar, all that money. It always comes down to money. That's what it always comes down to. Everything comes Everything comes down to money. Like the Million Dollar Man said, everybody's got a price. And somehow Fox said, we're going to pay him $35 million a year, but we're going to make $45 million a year, or whatever they're going to make. A year? They're paying him $35 a year, 10 years, $350, $370 million. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was his contract no, no. amount. So no, I was no, like, no, 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 a year no, is a lot, but... no, 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 and a playoff game or two. And it'll do the Super Bowl when Fox has it as opposed to when NBC has it. Yeah. If, if our GM is listening. I doubt she is. <laughs> I doubt she is. I want to make a case for myself. She's on vacation. <laughs> uh, Kira is the resident St. Louis Blues fan around here and has always asked me, are you going to talk about hockey? And my answer is no. But that doesn't mean Kira can't talk about hockey. And here is the Hockey Minute. <laughs> happy happy to be here. Uh, now I have to do <laughs> eight, 85 things at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, leave the music on. Oh, no. the, this is a great theme song. <laughs> start it over. Kira, start the Hockey Minute music over. I want to give you your full minute. I love this song. This is one of the best sports themes ever. All right. Go. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to the Hockey Minute. <laughs> So professional. Uh-huh. Uh, so I want to go over the teams that I've seen people wear shirts of out and about. Okay. Unfortunately, a lot of them did not make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with the Kraken. Newcomers. Seattle. Yep. Seattle See? Kraken. Uh, finished last in their conference. Number 30 overall. Sorry. <laughs> Are there Kraken jerseys here in Des Moines? Yeah. You see Kraken? I like see them teal, all the time. Like a cool blue, right? Yeah. Right. Their branding is amazing. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Some in-depth hockey reporting. Uh, we have the Blackhawks. Ew. Are they in the playoffs still? No, sir. They got eliminated? <laughs> they never were. All right. <laughs> Finished number seven in their conference, number okay. 27 overall. All right. The Wild. All right. The Minnesota uh, Wild okay. were in the playoffs. They were? Played the Blues. Okay. Lost last night. <laughs> Are they out? Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, Do you have any winners in your hockey minute? Well, <laughs> I saved the best for last. Okay. <laughs> because my St. Louis Blues won their game All right. last night. So Play they... Gloria. Da, da, Play da, Gloria. Da, da. That song is great. It's so good. Um, so, yes, they won last night. They move on to round two against the Colorado Avalanche. The Lance are really good. I know the Avalanche are really, really good. Mm -hmm. right. well, there, there you go. Hockey we'll, Minute. We'll beat them. Hockey Minute number one in the books. <laughs> Fantastic job, Kira. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You. All right. We're out of here. That is it. Uh, until next week, thanks so much to Kira for keeping us on the air. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks so much for checking us out on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. My name is Mike Wicket. This has been Wicket's World. Have a good weekend. We'll do it again next week. Yo, VIP.